Welcome to A Moment of Bach, where we take our favorite moments from the composer's vast musical output, just a minute's worth or even a few seconds, and show you why we think they are remarkable. We are your hosts, Alex and Christian Gibru, and today's moment is from the opening of the Magnificat, BWV 243. So I chose the Magnificat today because it's often thought of as a Christmas thing, and we're going a little bit in order of church seasons, not entirely, very loosely. In our second episode, we did do an Advent cantata, and now we're doing something that's associated with Christmas. Although I have to say that we're not going to only do choral music on this podcast. We've done uh, four things in a row that have had choral music, but there's so much more to Bach than that. But we got to talk about the opening to the Magnificat anyway. Plus, we're talking not so much about the voice parts or the choral parts this time, but rather the instrumental parts. So to set this up a little bit, this was a piece that was written in Bach's life when he had moved to Leipzig, and the church at Leipzig was where he spent that longer, later part of his life. It's where it's famous. he famously had to write so many cantatas. That's that part of his life. But this was early on, and this was the first big thing he wrote that wasn't a cantata for these services. And the Magnificat is not in German. All of those Bach cantatas, almost every one is in German. But Bach also wrote music in Latin. We know this from our first episode. Alex showed us the a movement from the Mass in B minor, which is in Latin. And the great choral works of the many hundreds of years before were in Latin as well. And so is the Magnificat. And composers love this text and, have, and had used it for many years already. It's directly taken from the part of the Bible where Mary is with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist and Mary is pregnant with Jesus. And Mary sings this song, or speaks or sings this song in the Bible, My soul magnifies the Lord. And that part, and goes on for an, another several lines, and that part of the Bible is taken by a lot of composers and written out into musical settings. And even when it's not taken by composers, it's sung or chanted in a lot of church services, and still is and was at the time as well. It's an important part of a lot of church liturgy, and to make it really, really festive, Bach wrote this huge setting of it. It's broken up into 12 movements. And because it's so joyful, we talked about this in episode one, it's got to have those trumpets and timpani. And the trumpets and timpani make an appearance only in the most joyful of occasions. Otherwise, they're not a standard part of the Baroque ensemble. You're going to have some bass instruments like cello, and you're going to have an organ or a harpsichord and maybe a choir and some violins and violas. Sometimes you'll have oboes and flutes, but when it needs to be joyful, it'll have trumpets and timpani. The thing that concerns us today is the trumpet. The Magnificat is written for three trumpets and timpani. The thing that really makes this really interesting is the trumpet part, because this is not the kind of trumpet that you would associate with a modern instrument. In fact, it's, it doesn't even look like it. So a modern trumpet, if you can picture, has three valves. They look like buttons, and you can press them down, and you can get every note. And you can play this note on a trumpet and you can play all the notes in between. You can play every note on the trumpet. But that's only because of the invention of those valves, which direct air through different little passageways of different lengths and make all those notes possible on the trumpet and other instruments like the trumpet. 
but that's not how it used to be. The Baroque trumpet is essentially a closed pipe. It is the most simplistic musical instrument, besides maybe a drum, that there is. It is just a piece of tubing with a mouthpiece on one end that you buzz into and a bell on the other that helps project the sound. And the length of that tube determines what note it is. So unless you're a brass player or a musician of some kind, you might be wondering, well, wouldn't it just make one note? And the answer to that is, it kind of does just make one note, but it also makes a series of other harmonic notes higher than that note. So if the trumpet is literally the note of this note here, an eight-foot-long piece of pipe might make that low of a sound, but you can't really use that. It's too low. You are able to divide the length of that pipe into halves and thirds and so on and create overtones, which create resonant notes that happen that are higher. This is the same way all musical instruments work. To get into the very slightest of acoustics, it's how a guitar works, a piano, it's how all that stuff works. In fact, it's what makes instruments sound different from one another. It gives instruments their particular quality, and a trumpet is no different, except that a modern trumpet has valves and can play any note equally. So the Baroque trumpet could actually only play certain notes. The lower you are, the fewer notes you could play. And that's why the opening of the Magnificat has this trumpet fanfare type of stuff. This is actually, these are actually the only notes that the trumpet can play in that, in that register. And if you want to go a little higher, you have to put a lot more pressure on the mouthpiece with your lips, but then you can play notes that are a little bit closer together. way up to here. And uh, as low as here. And that is an acoustic property, a physical property that makes these instruments the way they are. And this is actually why a lot of trumpet music sounds the way it does. It's no accident that that has come to mean like a theme of hunting or a theme of like waking up or something like that because trumpet's like an outdoor instrument at, at heart really but that is actually the acoustic reason why that is occurring is that it's just a piece of pipe and those are the notes that it can play you can demonstrate this very easily with something like a guitar string you can play a guitar string completely open You can touch a guitar string halfway across its length and you, and you will get a note that is an octave higher. You can continue to divide that string into smaller and smaller fractions and you will get higher and higher what we call overtones. This is the principle of how different notes are made on brass instruments and it also affects the quality of the notes and makes instruments sound different from each other. So the Baroque trumpet actually had no valves or holes or anything like that. Although modern recreations of Baroque trumpets, you'll see in the Netherlands Box Society videos and in other videos, that sometimes they do carve little holes in there, but those holes do not change the note to completely different notes. It's not like a clarinet or a recorder or something like that. Those are just to help them tune certain notes that don't appear to be in tune. 
one thing you can take away from this is that the instrument is like fiendishly hard to play. A Baroque trumpet is nothing like a modern trumpet. They play really high. They have to play all those really high notes. And the chances of hitting a wrong note are so much higher than playing a modern trumpet. And then one other thing you'll hear in the introduction to this Magnificat is that there's a trill right near the end. On a modern instrument, it'd be just as easy as, as doing that with your finger up and down on a valve. But they actually have to do this with their lips on a Baroque trumpet, and it's wildly difficult. The Magnificat is a great example. The beginning here is a great example of the difficulty of a trumpet part, also just because of endurance. When you play a brass instrument, any wind instrument for that matter, you have to deal with an endurance problem with what, with what they call their embouchure, which is basically their mouth position and air pressure. So if you listen to this whole introduction, you'll hear the, especially the first trumpet, the highest one, You'll hear them just go and go and go with hardly a room to breathe. And it's really sort of like a, a sprint for them. So mentioning, Christian, the limitations of the trumpet, it got me thinking about limitations in general when it comes to composing and anything creative. I think I've mentioned this before a couple episodes ago. But I love the idea of limitations breeding creativity in music. And we see that with Bach all the time. Uh, the trumpets can only do that, so he gets the absolute most he can out of them, out of great players and really cleverly written parts to just do what he can with the, with the instrument as much as he can. And it's just inspiration for any creative artist. If you're ever having any kind of writer's block, instead of starting with a blank page and not knowing what to do, give yourself some parameters, some limitations on purpose. Say, let's say you or a singer-songwriter, and you're, you got a blank page. Well, instead of just trying to come up with anything that comes to your mind, why don't you try writing something in a key that you're not used to writing in? Why don't you try making the verse be shorter than the chorus, which is something you're not used to doing, and just try to give yourself some creative challenges? It really does help to inspire the creativity. Yeah, it, it really does. The trumpet is a great... Ex illustration of that principle because it's sort of the most extremely limited instrument that Bach used. And it also, by the way, completely demonstrates how good of players he had. Sometimes we think of Bach as like this ultra practical composer, but he's not in the sense that he wrote music that was easy, because he did not, which means that we know that he had access to the highest level of musicianship, which is really exciting, and also the reason why this music is at such a high level. But it doesn't just stop at the trumpet. All of these older instruments, which the Netherlands Bach Society uses, period instruments, and does their best to recreate historical situations, all of these older instruments had more limitations than the modern ones. The instruments of the orchestra evolved a lot in the 19th, 20th century, also the 19th century, into what they are today. And a lot of technology changed, and a lot of things got a lot easier. And most of it had to do with filling in all the little notes. And so now all of the notes can be played at, to the same degree of easiness and in the same degree of tuning. But a Baroque flute or a Baroque oboe would have had real difficulty playing some notes and was probably best used in certain keys and in certain styles and things like that. And there were an amazing amount of limitations that these older composers worked in, 
which is, makes it kind of all the more remarkable that they were able to produce such high works of musical art, and especially the trumpet, which doesn't even sound like the bright, piercing instrument that it does today. It has almost a different quality, and we know that those instruments were really hard to play, and that it, was, it required such a specialist to be able to play them, which is just really remarkable. So that is just a little snapshot of one thing about the Magnificat, and I'm sure that you realize that it is a nice, long piece of music that has so many other things going on, but we decided to focus on just this one musical moment. So really enjoy the, the interesting, different quality of the Baroque trumpet and how it sounds so different than, than the modern trumpet. Okay, and now let's hear the opening of the Magnificat. If this introduction to a musical moment has inspired you to hear the rest of the Magnificat, please see the link in the episode description to see the performance of the Magnificat by the Netherlands Bach Society. Okay, so Alex, what's episode five? Episode five, we're going to be talking about the Passacaglia and Fugue in C minor for organ. Until next time, enjoy those moments. <laughs>